Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals podcast. Today, we're going to learn something new and interesting in the world of Americana, Roots, and folk music. But before we get to that, I want to say a quick reminder to like and follow my show and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're on social media, give me a follow if you haven't already. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Just search up the name of the show and you'll find me there. All right, let's get to today's episode. Today, I had a great discussion with Average Joey. It's a, the name he goes by. His name is Joey Schuler, and he is a um, really interesting folk punk artist that's traveling the country in his van by himself with his dog. He's got a whole setup, and he just goes town to town doing music and kind of beat poetry type stuff. And uh, it was just a super, super interesting guy to talk to. We had a really long conversation. He played some songs for us. So uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. So let's just jump right in. Here's my interview with Average Joey, Joey Schuler. All right. So yeah, let's uh, let's just get started talking about your, your your past and how you got started with music and uh, doing the, the the busking, traveling music thing that you're doing. So yeah, kind of go back to the beginning of when you got started. Sure. So um, I didn't start playing music really at all until I was about 20 years old. I would, you know, Sometimes whenever I was like holding a guitar, I was always kind of like, I wish I knew how this worked, but it's just like not something I do. Um, grew up going to shows a lot and, and loving music really deeply, but uh, never played it and just kind of thought that that wasn't something that was that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then sort of a few things happened at once. I sort of finally was living in a place that had like a DIY music scene. And when I moved to Pittsburgh, I was going to school there. Um, someone took me to like my first like actual basement show mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, like this is what I want to do. You know, I had been going to warp tour and going to like, see like, you know, bands at, at big stadiums, but right. uh, like going to like a real DIY punk show yeah, was like really a, a big moment. For was me. it like full band? Like yeah, guitar just, drums and everything. And just, you know, right. a bunch of drunk, sweaty kids in a basement screaming and hollering and carrying on. Yeah. Um, and that was like, you know, I've been searching for that my whole life. It felt like, um, and then I also, uh, you know, kind of discovered the sort of folk punk kind of thing or essentially just like finding, you know, discovering that like, oh, okay, I don't need to have a bunch of equipment or even be good at music to play music. I was writing a lot of poetry at the time right. and like short stories and stuff. But I was like, oh, if I just like put a couple of bar chords behind this, um, you know, it's gonna, it's like I can... If I'm like just yelling about what I, what what's in my brain on the street corner, um, you know, I get some weird looks. But then if I'm holding a guitar, suddenly it's like I'm doing art now. Yeah. Um, so kind of just just sort of discovered this genre of music that was, that was okay with you know, that sort of amateur sort of ethos or whatever. Right. Right. And then also, like more in a political space, like. Had, hadn't ever been, <clears throat> I sort of took like an anthropology 101 course in college. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, growing up listening to like some punk music and like have, you know, listening to like anti-flag and no effects and sort of this like sort of surface level political punk stuff. Right, right. And like having like sort of a vague notion of like, I'm pretty sure like, I'm pretty sure like the, there's some power st- stuff going on that isn't quite fair. Like, I'm pretty sure the cops like aren't on the people's side all the time. You know, sort of these like f- sort of vague notions of how stuff works. But then just taking that very basic anthropology course and kind of having it explained like 
here's what the Protestant work ethic is. Here's like what the IMF does. Here's Mm -hmm. just like very basic. Here's like how capitalism functions. Right. right. Sort of unlocked a thing in my brain. All of those things going together at once. Mm -hmm. And so um, a friend of mine who, uh, you know, was like, there was a crew of people that would smoke cigarettes out front of the dorm that we were all living in. And uh, uh, one of my friends and I were like, we should like, drop out and start a punk house and just like do music Mm. and that's what we did and a handful of us from the school um started a like a show house Uh in the south side of slopes of pittsburgh and uh i was gifted an acoustic guitar by my friend um took it down to the to the river in pittsburgh the first day i had it dropped it and put a big crack in the body of it the first day i had it and wrote my first album on that acoustic guitar is it that one over it is there? not no it's okay. not that one i have it uh, stowed away someplace um okay. it was this like super dumpy guitar and it was wow. the, the the guitar i played on for the first little while uh it was um uh yeah wrote wrote an album had no idea how to write songs or sing it is it is an objectively bad album but like there was some songs on there that you know, I was writing songs for, you know, and for the first time, really. Right. And, uh, and yeah, just, like, having this, like, idea of, like, I want to do this because it feels good, and it doesn't matter that I don't know what I'm doing at first. I'm just going to, like, be bad at it for a while. Right. And then just did that for a long time. And, and then there's sort of a... Um, so I was kind of doing that and, and doing shows at the house, and any any person who would email or message me... Like I put up uh, you know, our space on like do DIY and just kind of like threw it up on the internet of like, hey, if you want a show, we'll, we'll do it. And anyone who would message me, I would like, oh, Tuesday and you're like a full metal band. Like, yeah, we'll do that in our basement. No problem. And just, <laughs> you know, um, obviously those sorts of things are pretty short lived. The neighbors grew, uh, grew upset with us pretty quickly after doing that. Right. But it kind of entered the space of like okay, now I know somebody in Michigan and somebody in uh, South Dakota and, like, we had all these traveling bands coming through. Right. And then um, sort of the next step of that was uh, throwing a show for the band Railyard Ghosts. Do you know, do you know that band? Hmm. Um, yeah. There, you know, I had sort of had this notion and, and dream of wanting to just, like, go and travel and play music. Uh, but it just seemed like, again, it's just like there's this blockage, right, of like, that's not something I know how to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the kids with with their backpacks and their dogs and their banjos uh, riding trains and doing whatever. But right. it was just like, I was just sort of in my brain, like, I don't do that. I don't know what that means. Don't know how to do that. And um, But there's a band called Rail Yard Ghosts that I loved, and we had a show for them at the house. After our landlord had insisted we absolutely cannot have any more shows i was like ah oh, man i gotta have the rail yard ghost show though so i like threw it at like 3 p.m i was like he can't be upset if we're having like an afternoon show <laughs> um and and yeah this you know i think there's probably 10 people this 10 piece ramshackle uh jug band came and played a show at my house and <laughs> stayed and like i was like oh these are like not you know, like again, just like kind of being in that experience and seeing like, oh, these are people who really just travel and play music, and mm-hmm. like that's something you can do. And we ate big meals and drank beers and played music together all day. And I was like, cool, okay, this is like possible to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so the story kind of just unfolds there of them, you know, starting going traveling with uh, some friends and I started my punk band that I was playing in and uh, yeah, started traveling and playing music and kind of been going since then. Gotcha. So was it like um, when you first got started, was it more punk and then kind of transitioned into this more acoustic thing? Um, well, we were playing punk music on acoustic instruments. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, uh, yeah, definitely like cut our teeth busking. So uh, my bandmate Chris and I were traveling and busking our way through our travels. And also just like, you know, we spent... Uh, we were like, we're travelers now, but just like hung out in Pittsburgh longer and just like crashing on people's couches. Be like, <laughs> we're travelers, we swear, but we're really just like couch surfing around Pittsburgh and busking right. a bunch and drinking whiskey by the river. Um, <laughs> but then we finally did start traveling and, and busking our way through our travels mm-hmm. and then meeting more people, gaining, um, gaining band members in our travels. Mm-hmm. And then actually, uh, as we were traveling, we like by you know, total circumstance and dumb luck, which is a kind of a longer story, but ended up going to a rail yard ghost days and days show. And they were like, we, they were like, do you want to open the show for us? And we were like, Oh my God, like, this is so cool. Like, yeah. And we opened the show and they were like, do you want to go on tour with us? Just like hop in the van. We're like, Oh my God, this is, you know? And so that was kind of our first tour. We just kind of accidentally stumbled into it. Um, and then, you know, then just kind of built from there and, started gaining more band members and uh but for the first you know few years of that it was all um acoustic and we would have a you know accordion accordion banjo trombone those sorts of things um yeah so as far as like the instrumentation and acoustic we were we were mostly an acoustic band for the first many years of the of the travels the band was called cousin boneless um and then we did a uh we did an album that was like full electric band um so we plugged in and had drums and did a couple tours like that because we were kind of like, we didn't want to be, you know, sh- boxed into this like acoustic world and the kind of like the folk punk thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. we were like, we're more than that. We're like, we have, we're complex and we're doing mm-hmm. some, you know, different things. So we recorded an electric album and, and kind of, you know, progressed from there. Right. And so now, you know, with Average Joey, um, I've been playing that alongside these like, other bands that I was playing in sort of throughout the, the, the years, but um, lately have been mostly focused on that and uh, have been doing like different sort of genre albums. So mm. I just put out like a kind of honky tonk and banjo string band kind of album. And okay. I want to make like a pop punky album and I'm working on a piano driven, you know, like freaky weird metal album. And so really <laughs> like really kind of experimenting genre wise of, you, right. know, you know, different ways to express different things. Cool. I like that. So, um, what, what were some of the bands that were, uh, like, like big to you, you mentioned, um, the, you know, um, that one band, but, um, yeah. what were, as far as that, that genre of busking guys kind of traveling around the country in that style, what were, you know, there's, there's a bunch of, of different, and there's even within that whole group, there's a bunch of kind of like sub yeah. sub genres kind of so to speak yet. Sure. What were some of the ones that, that stood out to you and, and made you, you know, want to do that? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Rail yard ghost was a huge one because just because they were so kind of instrumental and you know, intangibly like getting me into doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, not as much in the world of busking, but like Pat the bunny and, and ramshackle glory were like really big, uh, influences in like songwriting and just like the, the political, 
kind of ethos of mm-hmm. the scenes that I was running in and that I like kind of shaped me as a person and, a, and as a musician. Right. Um, so yeah. The, and, and also just meeting people in Pittsburgh. Um, I played with a band called the Hills and the rivers as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's how we built our entire music community was through busking. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we met, um, my bandmate Chris and I are playing banjo and accordion in the South side busking. And along comes this guy with a big stand up bass on his shoulder. And we were like, come play with us. And he's like, all right. And it's James Bristol of the Hills and the Rivers. And he's like, oh, we're having a big party, like up the mountain, you should come. And we went there and met all the cats from, <clears throat> you know, this other crew that was doing similar stuff. We just hadn't connected yet. And, right. you know, sat around the fire and played music together. And then that kind of gave birth to this community. Fourth River Music Collective is the umbrella right. term because we would be, you know, this is this group of musicians that we had different, you know, kind of flagship bands and then solo projects and side projects and then friends who were traveling through town who were coming and going and we were always busking as a large group and someone would be like, what's your band called? And we'd be like, well, there's like three people from this band and then our buddy from Texas is here. And then, you know, so we sort of just put this sort of umbrella term, Fourth River Music Collective. Right. And then from that umbrella, we did compilations and we had a festival for a few years and, um, and so like it kind of grew uh, from that but mm-hmm. like really as far as busking influences like it was just like these it was a way for our community to like that it, it was the the foundation of this musical community it was was busking and then taking those songs and then bringing them you know out of the public space and just like sitting around the fire down by the river and like playing these songs together yeah. um, was you know the basis of like what, everything else kind of revolved around that that's cool that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I have so much respect for, for that kind of, uh, I mean, it's such a dedication to, to music and to, uh, it's a lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so many artists like, you know, like lost dog street band, you know, one of those that achieved good success, but like those guys were, um, going around the country on rail, you know, right. just doing the whole thing. And, um, Charlie Crockett's another guy he's has a ton of success. He started off as busking as well. Yeah. And, uh, there's just so many examples of, and, and, you know, success is, is just an ill-defined word of sure. what is success mean you know i mean you know if you, if you want to play in front of stadiums it's one thing but yeah. i think a lot of success to a lot of people is just being able to live life and and you know just be with people and play music you know? certainly yeah I, th- I think um busking was the way that i learned music you know i don't i'd never like learned i don't, still don't really understand the circle of fifths i definitely can't read music uh but like i know how to like shout chords to a group of people and have everybody be able to, you know, learn the song right. kind of on the spot in the street uh-huh. um, and, and vice versa to like have chords shouted at. And we kind of like, we even kind of created this language of like, of how, how can we teach a large group of people a song instantaneously? And then, right. you know, you have your like canon in your head of like, all right, these are songs that I know that like require like a little bit more tightness and practice and like whatever, but we know mm-hmm. like we have this handful of songs that, uh, like anybody can learn on the spot, you yeah. know, no matter if they're holding an instrument. The and one, also, four, or five songs. Exactly right. right. <laughs> and then, and also it's just cool to like, <clears throat> within this, you know, DIY scene, um, it only took a couple of years of playing music at all for me to, like most of my influences and musical, you know, people I looked up to musically 
became like my close personal friends within a couple of years of doing it. You know, I got to like meet people and have, you know, play shows with people and go on tour with people who I like deeply respected musically, mm-hmm. like before I was even any good at, <laughs> at doing it, which is just kind of a, a cool thing. And like, whenever I'm asked about like who was influential or whatever, it's like mostly like just my buds mm-hmm. and the music they were making. And, you know, you talk about like, what does success mean? It's like, they're like the most phenomenal songwriters that I know are live in relative obscurity you mm-hmm. know um but i'm like really grateful that i get to i get to know their songs and yeah 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 well so many great artists that we know um that everybody knows like like a woody guthrie kind of a guy you know like a, a lot of them in their time were completely underappreciated mm-hmm. weren't well known and and um you know it's kind of struggled with with money and that kind of stuff you know so yeah, yeah that's the that's there's the loads of other woody guthries that we you know that are yeah. just lost to history you know i'm sure yeah yeah for whatever reason those those names stick or whatever you know? right yeah i think ramblin jack is one of those guys he's fascinating mm-hmm. i go out to um the uh national cowboy poetry gathering it's in elko Nevada. yeah yeah and, i've always uh, wanted to maybe check that out it's cool it's yeah. cool in, in my head so i'm, I'm like super progressive like you know uh, left wing and whatnot and i didn't go for a long time because it felt a little like I don't know, you know, it's going to be like cowboys and it's going to be all, you yeah, know, it's hyper-masculine. Yeah, stuff. that kind of stuff. And, and, um, <clears throat> but Coulter Wall was playing one year and I was doing my radio show. So I went out there and, um, didn't get to interview him. I talked to him for a little bit, but, um, uh, spent the whole weekend out there and it's nothing like I thought it was going to be yeah. like, it's about the arts. It's like cowboys who are artists and they're, they're poets and they're, they're musicians and they make saddles and do leather working. And, yeah. and, and I, I, it was just this reminder to me that like, the artistic mindset, no matter what, if you're a creative person, you know, that's, that's the thing that you're wanting to do. And, and it just gave me this broader respect for, for creativity, you know, sure. in, in this Western culture. You right. Know? Yeah. The, the, the creative impulse takes the shape of the, the culture that's surrounding yeah. it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're in, enmeshed in all these different, um, you know, cultural forces, but like there is that base human desire to create and also yeah. and also you know work against sort of maybe that negative connotation of like cowboy you know tough guy thing of like mm-hmm. like there is a there is a genuine care that comes that from any human community that that you know is is uh you know in opposition to that sort of uh you know whatever that that opposing force is yeah. and and that comes in the creative impulse and it comes in art a lot of the time I think. for sure yeah. yeah and so i rambling jack is why i brought that up um so he's out there all the time he was he cool. was out there this year and and uh you know he he, he like piled around with woody got three and then yeah. he became you know bob dylan's like inspiration and he's always been one of those guys that like people maybe have heard the name vaguely but you know he's still alive and still making music and right. it's amazing you know, he's in his 80s and cool. he's telling stories about playing with bob weir at bob weir's birthday party in the 60s <laughs> and stuff and i was yeah. like what the hell is this? Yeah, man? that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. I want to come check that out sometime. Yeah, yeah. If you're in the area, it's in February. It's in the middle of winter, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's kind of tough because uh, there's snow and sure. uh, you know that kind of deal. But yeah, it's a fun time. Cool, for sure. All right. Well, can you um, uh, play some songs for us? Yeah, um, certainly. What do you uh, want to start with? I'm going to start with this song, Monongahela Rye. Okay. I'll give a little bit of context for it. Um, so. When I was uh, before I like moved out of Pittsburgh and into my van, semi permanently, um, I was working at a whiskey distillery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who I'll leave unnamed here. But uh, they were um, 
they're a whiskey distillery and they kind of told as they gave their distillery tour they told the story of the whiskey rebellion which is oh. um, in western pennsylvania right after the revolutionary war yeah there's all these you know um war uh, expenses and the powers that be are like how are we gonna you know get this raise money to you know clear this debt and obviously you know instead of taxing wealthy landowners uh they tax the very rural, poor rural farmers of immigrants of Western Pennsylvania, which at the time was sort of like the frontier of the of the nation. Yeah. Um, they imposed a excise tax on whiskey, meaning any whiskey production was taxed. And during the time, like rye was the one crop you could kind of grow in the rocky hills of Western Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So whiskey was functioning as a um, as a sort of currency. Uh, so to impose such a, you know, a crippling excise tax on whiskey production just, like, made it so that no one, like, having to pay it would make living impossible for right. most of the population. It was crushing. Western yeah. Pennsylvania. And so, uh, yeah, the folks did not take too kindly to that. And um, tax collectors would come to town and try to, you know, try to collect this tax from these people. And they would beat the hell out of them and tar and feather them and... Um, the like rich politicians that are trying to cut some off the top every time the tax got paid, uh, got their mansions burned down. And um, so it was this whiskey rebellion and um, Washington marched troops on Western Pennsylvania, 7,000 troops to the 700 or so people that were living in Western Pennsylvania at the time. And like scattered about, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, And like, you know, dragged people out of their homes in the middle of the night and, March them back to Philadelphia to try them for treason. Hmm. Um, not even for, like, you know, not paying their tax or whatever, but, like, treason, I guess. Right. It's this really kind of interesting history um, of just, like, you know, the nation is just a, in its infant stages. This is right after the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. And the, the nation is just... And so Washington is like, I have to, like... Um, you know, make sure that this is, you know, because Western Pennsylvania was threatening to secede from the Union hmm. right after the Revolutionary War because they didn't want to pay this tax. <clears throat> so it is this, um, it is this poor person's history and a, and a rural person's history and an immigrant history of trying to sort of buck the man. Hmm. You know, these people had just fought in this war to try to be left alone from, <laughs> um, you know, egregious taxation and then, you know, that this being imposed on them again. Yeah. And then the distillery that I was working at was telling this history as a way to sort of sell this image of Pittsburgh as this kind of gritty working class um, town while selling like incredibly overpriced (laughs) cocktails to the tourists and young tech money that was coming into the city, Mm -hmm. especially in that particular neighborhood. And it was this sort of ridiculous um, juxtaposition of like, you know... And, and sort of captures a lot of, I think, like, just this, yeah, like, gentrification of culture. Like, obviously, there was literal gentrification in the neighborhood, the Strip District of Pittsburgh, of these condos popping up and these fancy whiskey distilleries and whatever, but mm-hmm. also just sort of the cultural manipulation of that, like, working person's history and, and rural person's history into this like marketing device for right. this overpriced whiskey. So that is the, um, that is the impetus for the, the song. And I learned that history by working at this place and then, uh, and then 
quit my job so I could go live in a van and sing the song to people. <laughs> and actually, they were uh, stealing wages from their front of house, too. And, uh, huh. um, yeah, had to pay a bunch of back taxes uh, for pay that they had stolen from their people. So, yeah, just yeah, it's just a kind of an interesting story. But, yeah, so yeah, the yeah. song's called Monongahela Rai. I'll, I'll play it for you. Absolutely. <clears throat> I love the the banjo that it says uh, this machine rages against machines. <laughs> I love that. I liked uh, um, uh, was it Pete Seeger's? Um, I always forget exactly what it said. This machine surrounds hate and forces it to surrender. Yeah, I love that. It's a little little response to Woody Guthrie's. Mm-hmm. Um, a little too aggressive for Pete. He was a more peaceful sure, guy. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was clever and cute. That's what That's I'm all cool. about. <laughs> okay, like <clears throat> so here's Monongahela Rye. Fantastic. I love that. Thank you. That's great. So you wrote that? Yeah, that's an original song. Fantastic. That's cool. So you mentioned that class that you were into in college kind of got you into, um, you know, um, picking apart the system and and understanding what things are. But um, what what were some other things that led you into coming? I think it's safe to say you're kind of into radical politics and that kind of stuff. Um, What what were some other um, uh, books or authors or movies maybe or? Do you remember, like, People's History was, like, uh, Howard Zinn was a huge one for me. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I came into the, the, the politics that I have through music and then through the scenes that music brought me into. Hmm. So entering, you know, a DIY music space, especially in the kind of music that we were playing, brought us into a lot of, you know, quote unquote radical spaces or, you know, anarchist scenes or uh, just sort of that general ethos. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, there's not like one particular book that like really, you know, I feel like the last book that I read is always the book that I'm like, oh, this changes everything. Right. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, the songwriting that we in, in the punk band and that I feel like I'm, I'm interested in doing has always kind of been, um, right. It's, it, it seems a little easy sometimes to, uh, to be critical of like, um, of, of like the Republicans, right. <laughs> or like, just like, you know, like clearly the conservatives are like, like, we don't need to dig in. Like, it's not interesting to me intellectually to like dig right. into that anymore. So it's, it's obvious. It's a little obvious. Right. So I think that like the songwriter that I've been interested in for most of the time in writing songs has been sort of like exploring the left, big, big air quotes and like how the, and, and the contradictions that exist within those scenes mm-hmm. and like, you know, sort of this, um, the, the, the ethics that we're claiming to want to live by and how we're falling short of, of those often. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I feel like I came to that just through experience and, and playing music and also just, um, yeah. And, and doing a lot of reading and, and recently within the last, like I would say since the pandemic, um, been doing a lot more just like reading and, and I've sort of, my neuroses has taken me, taken me to like, Every time I read a book, you know, I'm going through it and marking it up, especially nonfiction, mm-hmm. like going through and marking it up and then reading it back aloud, recording that, and then having like a document that I can then listen back to and be like, what were the parts of this book mm-hmm. that like stuck out to me as important? Mm-hmm. And then kind of being able to use that in my writing, I'm also like a zine writer, so um, being able to use that, like, okay, I can now, now I have this, the section of this book and, and I can listen back to that recording for my, you know, research or whatever for the next piece that I'm writing, if it right. seems applicable. Um, and, and then I also post those to my Patreon too. So people can, can like listen back to those two. Like, oh, I want to read, you know, this bell hooks book, but who has the time, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of like, here's what I thought was interesting or, or, you know, relevant. Um, yeah. Win it. So yeah, it's hard to say like if there was a particular. I mean, yeah, people's history is is a big one, and, and I I did actually take a history class too in at school that that like used people's history as its um as its text. Mm-hmm. It was definitely like like oh this is yeah things are different than we thought <laughs> than I was told in high school or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's it's hard for me to like pin down a particular book. You know, Naomi Klein is a big one. Um, and several of her works and, uh, David Graeber's debt was, was big for sure. Hmm. Um, but honestly, a lot of it comes through music too. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, and just like zines or conversations or or like, it kind of happens a little bit naturally just through the relationships I was making and the scenes we were running in uh, and traveling and whatnot. I would say though, another big one was we got to tour Europe 
and seeing how the punks do it there, hmm. it is very, um, that definitely was a paradigm shift mm-hmm. in comparison to like, even just being a touring musician in the States in those, in the DIY scene, you know, if you get a floor to sleep on and like some pizza, you're like, all right, like we won. Um, mm-hmm. and over there, you know, there's a guest there, there, first of all, almost all of our shows were in huge squats, which function as community centers. They have, you know, they have community free meals once or twice or three times a week. Mm-hmm. So they have support from the community. If and when the police come to try to kick them out, they're already so engaged and supported by the community as something that is functioning and, and meeting social needs in a way that, um, that isn't being met otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so when they have punk shows, the community is not like, these damn kids, they're more like, oh, this is like a space that's important to our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being a traveling musician there, like you get, there's a guest bedroom with 10 bunk beds and there's a potluck vegan meal every single night. And, you know, also if you need to do any metal work, we have a functioning metal shop or, you know, whatever. It's just like, so that just seeing like, how, like oh, this is possible to build these spaces and the networks of those spaces mm-hmm. that were, you know, informed by each other. That was definitely a, a paradigm shift of sorts. And then coming back to the States and being like, okay, like our culture is a lot different here. And, you know, how do you, how would, how do we build those kinds of spaces here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah strong emphasis on individualism in the States. Certainly. And that, that is the, that is the subject matter of the, the most recent zine that I, that I wrote mm-hmm. um, just essentially how, Capitalism and neoliberalism specifically individualizes uh, our problems and privatizes, you know, social structural problems so that the poor are convinced that it's their fault for not working hard enough and not pulling themselves up by their bootstraps, that they're poor and not, you know, a financialized economy that is, you know, uh, intentionally structured to make people poor. Mm -hmm. Um, And... And how that affects our mental health and how social media, uh, you know, feeds into those, that ethos of this like hyper individualized identity obsessed sort of culture. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And so just exploring some of that stuff and and some of that, like really trying to push back against um, individual, individualism in general Mm -hmm. and, and, and trying to make clear, like we are absolutely products of the, culture that we're in and like you know we we're we're subject to that in ways that we you know don't recognize all the time Mm -hmm. for sure i love it um well yeah let's get to another song Mm -hmm. Uh, what do you want to play next um let's see here well maybe this is a good one to do um in regards to that this is a song about uh just sort of all the different people that live inside of our heads and um different people that you wish you were and and, and the different people that you are um, kind of alluding to all that um, kind of kind of speaks to what we were just talking about so I'll play this one next it's called Bro I Told You I Contain Multitudes I was a stranger, just rolled into town with some great educator with words that were profound. I wish I could accept the present for the gift it is. 
Wish I could envision a future beyond apocalypse Well I wish I was an outlaw Or at least a decent man An activist chained to some tree Taking my stand Or a monk in meditation We're patiently waiting for a savior I will probably die in the search to meet my maker I am more than you see I piece together identities But I am me Whatever that means Well, I wish I could get sober I wish I was a drunk Wish I hadn't thought half the things that I've thunk Wish I could be born again and start over anew Wish that all these lists would stop telling me what to do Well, I wish my wild side would more often bare its teeth Wish that I could see beyond my own biases Wish my old soul had been born in a different time My view wasn't ruined by incessant advertisements I desire the extremes But I wake up in this reality I am me, whatever that means. Well, I wish I had some heritage deserving of some pride. All I got is shopping malls built on genocide. Wish that I could feel what freedom really means Beyond the demonstrations of desperation that I've seen Well, I wish my guarded heart would let all its love unleash Wish that I could fill this void that never seems to cease I wish my raised fist of rage made any difference I wish a better world didn't always feel too distant I am more than all of these Desires and scraps of dreams I am me And what that means tends to change May I never be complete Yeah, you played that last night, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, I like that song. That's great. Thank you. It's a good message too. It's um, yeah, just a lot of uh, a lot of I don't know. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of different lines that resonate with me, and but the overall uh, feel of that is just you know um, just wishing you could do more. 
Certainly. You know, like it's, it's, it's one thing to dissect everything and, and yeah. to kind of deconstruct it and, and all that, but it's the putting back together, you know, like what, what does this look like when, like, what is it that I actually want the world to look like? You know, yeah. that's, that's the hard part. I think. Totally. I think I've gotten to a place in my, just like, you know, I'm 31 and I think I've gotten to a place in my songwriting and, and, you know, zine writing and, but also just like my politics and philosophy where it's like, okay, we all get it. It is very clear to anyone who's got their eyes open that like our social structures are falling apart. The ecological crisis is, you know, things are hitting the fan. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's very clear to anyone who, who isn't, you know, willfully, who doesn't have an agenda <laughs> otherwise right. or, or right. willfully ignorant of that. And so like, again, what is, you know, creatively necessary and also intellectually interesting at this point to me isn't necessarily deconstructing and breaking down and critiquing like capitalism sure isn't the best way to do things like <laughs> I, we get that and, and you know not everybody gets that maybe and I think that that's still you know naming that as 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 an enemy is I think still important to do but what is uh, just as necessary if not more is okay like what do we build instead or in opposition or how do we how do we build you know communities relationships movements that can can be actively you know opposing that and and threatening to that those power structures in a way that's actually meaningful and and building relationships you know with each other and, and with strangers and with you know community members and with people across the, the globe um that 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 can change the way that the world works or, or at least alleviate a little bit of suffering, you know, mm -hmm. here and now. And sometimes I feel, um, really, I feel really empowered that, that's, that art and music can facilitate those things. And other times I feel like that is a, a totally ridiculous idea and that I, ought, <laughs> I ought to find something better to do with my time. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it comes and goes, you know? Yeah, I totally, I feel, yeah. And like, how do you resist without getting crushed? Like the guys in the whiskey rebellion. Yeah, sure. You know, like, and, and what does that even look like? Yeah. Totally with you. That's good. All right. Well, you also brought with you this, um, this drone machine. Um, yeah. I keep forgetting the name of it. It's um, called a Shruti box. Shruti box. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. Could you, could you tell us a little bit about that? Um, how you came about getting it? And yeah. I don't know if you know much of the, the history of it, you know, kind of fill us in I'm, on that. I'm relatively ignorant to like the history. And I, I, I played a show in Toronto on this tour and there was someone there who was like, I know all about that instrument and want to tell you about it. And in the like, social bustle and uh exhaustion that comes along with like playing a show try hey how you doing here's some i have some merch to sell you i need to sleep i should eat today you know i like didn't get a chance to sit down with that person and actually learn more about it but the way that i came into knowing about this instrument was actually again rail yard ghosts come here uh, to uh you know change the shape of things in my world but um uh, my, my good friend jess vaughn uh who's a member of that band and was in my um in my years. Yeah. Um, my uh, my friend Jess Vaughn, who was in that band and was in my living room, kind of when when my my life was taking a different direction uh, because of that visit. Uh, yeah, Jess was playing uh, acapella tunes with a Shruti box as a as a drone, 
And uh, I was like, man, that's really cool. I want to get one of those too. And I could, it's an Indian instrument. I could only buy one from India on the mm -hmm. internet, which it's a relatively simple device, um, but you can think of it as like a very simple harmonium. Um, but yeah, I, I was saying to you before we started recording, but I think it's a, uh, it's a nice way to, um, when you're trying to get a group of people to sing together that are maybe a little more sheepish with their voice or not like confident singers, it sort of creates a safety net that people feel like they can sing to, even if they're, uh, you know, a little bit shy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also just cool. And it's definitely also influenced by, um, just like the acoustic drone thing is definitely influenced by the band Lancome. Do you know that band? It's a contemporary no. Irish band. Uh, they just do it. They do a lot of droney stuff. So okay. uh, some of the, yeah, just like I don't know. If I like to sing a cappella, and it's something that I'm like really interested in using. Kind of as we were speaking about before, right? Of like using it as a resource for bringing people together, and and as a tool for. Um, finding a little bit of humanity in our increasingly dehumanized world. I think singing with a group of people is a great way to open your heart up to that kind of thing. <clears throat> and, uh, but oftentimes acapella circles, like I'm also, when I'm, there's all kinds of different group singing that you can do. And the kind that I'm like most interested in feels best to me is like freaky, dark, minor dirges um, so, which is a weird way to kind of feel hopeful about things but I don't know that's that's the kind of songs I like to sing so um, but yeah that's how I came came about the Shruti box and yeah I got one on the internet and been singing with it on this tour it's been fun that's cool so it does is it do you pump air into it is, mm. I saw you working it on stage last night but I'm not sure how it works yeah essentially it's like an incredibly rudimentary accordion almost so okay. on the front of this is a this is one scale of the piano, uh -huh. and you open up a valve for one note, and then just pump it from the back, and air goes through it and plays yeah. that note. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah so it's like a piano accordion in a, in a in a box. It's essentially like a harmonium that only plays one note at a time. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Yeah, let's hear it. <clears throat> so I'm gonna do. Um, I'll do the song I did last night at the show. Okay. I'm gonna play a song called Cold Tattoo, and you know it's talking about busking and. And, and folk music and how things take different shapes. So this is a bluegrass song that uh, my friend Jeff from the band Holy Locust switched around the chord structure to turn it into a more minor song and gave it the kind of darker melody that it has. Mm -hmm. And then Fourth River Music Collective was busking that version for a long while. I have a zine that I made with like different chords and you can learn songs that has chords and lyrics and, and tells a story about um, the songs that, you know, some of the busking songs that we do, which aren't originals, but, you know, traditionals and some contemporary stuff and um, how we got, came about busking them. So this is in that book, this song. Um, and so now I've been, I've now took that version of that song and then turned it into this droney version. Mm. So they're just kind of always taking different shapes. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I like that folk music does that and the, uh, uh, Pete Seegers says uh, a folk music in a book is like a picture of a bird in flight. Um, mm. You know, their songs are always moving and changing. So <clears throat> this is an example of that. And it's called Cold Tattoo, which is in reference to um, when you're working in the coal mines, which I've my life has been lucky enough that I've never had to do. But um, uh, if you were uh, and the coal would, you know, strike you or, or, or fall on you while you're down there, it would and it would slice your skin it would he the, the the scar or wound would heal blue because the coal had you know cut cut you deep enough and mm. so that was referred to as a coal tattoo mm. and so that's the name of the song all right <clears throat> 
Traveling down that old cold town road Listening to my rubber tires whine Goodbye to Buckeye and White Sycamore I'm leaving you behind Leaving you behind I've been a coal man all of my life Just laying down track in the hole Got a back like an ironwood bent by the Somebody said that's a strange tattoo You have on the side of your head I say that's the blueprint left by the cold Just a little more and I'd be dead Just a little more and I'd be I love the rumble, I love the dark I love the cool of the sleigh But it's back down some new road looking for work It's this traveling and searching I hate This traveling and searching I hate I stood for the Union, walked in the line I fought against the company I stood for the UMWA Now who's gonna stand for me? Who's gonna stand for me? I ain't got no job, I ain't got no pay I just got a worried soul And this blue tattoo on the side of my head Was left by the number nine coal Left by the number When I die and I go away To heaven, the land of my dreams I won't have to worry about losing my job To bad times and big machines Bad times and big machines I ain't gonna pay 
my money away to taxes to war fighting men I'm gonna pick coal while blue heavens roll and sing in the angel band sing in the Somebody said that's a strange tattoo You have on the side of your head I said that's the blueprint left by the coal Just a little more and I'd be dead Just a little more and Beautiful. I love that. That sounds great. It's cool how that the um, when you start when you stop um, filling it with air, it just it just has a nice kind of fades out. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty cool instrument, and yeah, I'm excited about using it. Can you add um, different notes like as it's going? Do you have to do one at a time, or can you add like you can build a chord? Mm -hmm. Um, So you know, I could and and like I can do like a you know a first and a third of a minor chord. It makes like a kind of a cool minor. Um, changing it mid song is maybe a skill that you can develop. I haven't done okay. that before, but um, it it's you're holding it with one hand, and then so you could probably figure it out. But yeah, right. it's mostly for drone. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, well, especially with that song, it, it just has this nice yeah. like and it takes you almost to another time. You know, you know, it's like you can close your eyes, you're just like, wow, this is, it's a cool, it's, thing. it's a trippy song. I had a I dream like last night that um, <laughs> do you know Matt Pless, the folk singer Matt Pless? Yes. Um, I had a dream last night that Matt Pless started using a shruti box and was like, God, oh, come on, that's like my thing I'm doing. And it was funny. <laughs> that's like the one thing I remember from my dream last night. <laughs> Which, if you know, obviously it's not my. It's, um, right. it's an Indian instrument. I have no you know, claim to whatever. It was just a goofy thing. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, everyone tries to develop their own little, you know, it's, unique I thing. Tr- I try do. to not just be dude with a guitar on stage and try to engage people in like some group singing and throw in some poetry and, and, you know, mix it up a little bit so that it's not just like, all right, here's another song about how it's so hard to be me, you know, try to <laughs> yeah, make it a little bit more, more variety. Yeah. Someone referred to my show as a variety show, uh, the other day. So I thought that was, I was like, I'll take that. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. All right. Well, you are on tour right now. Uh, can you talk a little bit about like where you're going and um, how, how much longer this tour is going to go? Yeah. Uh, so I did a tour of the Northeast in April and then in May, beginning of May, headed uh, to Canada for the first time and played a few shows up there. Crossed uh, the states by way of the northern route, um, the Great Lakes and through, uh, through the Great Plains. Uh, went to the Pacific Northwest and then down the coast and now I'm headed back east. So I've got some shows. Um, next round of shows is going to be Salt Lake City, and then uh, Carbondale, Colorado, Denver, uh, Omaha, um, and then a couple of shows in Missouri. And then I'll take July. I'll do a couple shows in the Hudson Valley. I'm actually playing with Matt Pless in the Hudson Valley in July. Cool. Um, he's a good bud of mine. And um, <clears throat> and then in August, I'll be going to Clifftop, which is an old-time fiddle 
festival in West Virginia. Oh, okay. Um, and is a real a real good time. In 2019, I went to my first cliff top, and that sort of was a really big part of me falling so in love with acapella singing, mm. just singing around and uh, sitting around and singing ballads and shanties and mm-hmm. whatnot through the night. Um, and uh, I was like, I'm going to go to this every year forever. And then COVID happened and it didn't happen for two years in a row. So, <laughs> uh, but I got to go last year and plan in a really, really good one this year and hopefully do a bunch of picking with some people. Um, and then I'll do a little trip in the, uh, the Southeast, uh, after Clifftop, um, n- Maybe Nashville, Cookville, Tennessee, Knoxville, Asheville, uh, maybe uh, Greenville, North Carolina. <clears throat> and then uh, it gets a little hazy from there. Um, I think I'm, I'm thinking about going to New Orleans in October uh, to, to do Halloween there, which I've never done. And I hear is a big old fun time and I'll probably hit Florida while I'm down there. So I'm just sort of, uh, I'm taking this year to really do, I haven't ever like toured r- real hard as a solo act mm-hmm. i've always been in bigger bands and so this year i'm kind of experimenting with that and and hitting it really hard because it's it's i, I you know i just have charlie here and i charlie's my dog for those mm-hmm. listening at home um <laughs> uh I, it's easy for me to just get in the van and go and i don't have to have anyone else commit to anything i don't have to um you know, if I want to like go get chicken wings, I just stand up and go. I don't have to corral a group of, of hippies into a van to go do anything. <laughs> um, so I'm just experimenting with that. And there are there are things about that I really like. And I'm like I'm just crushing audiobooks in the van and mm. uh, and uh, you know whatnot. So, but the, but it's also more fun to play music with your friends, and it's fun to go on adventures with people. Um, but uh, so yeah, this this year though, I'm just like touring really hard as a solo thing. So I'll be. Wherever you're listening to this uh, from, I'll probably be somewhere near you, um, you know, if I haven't been recently. And, and I'm just going to keep that circuit going and, and do, it, do it till I can't no more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm hoping to get to Europe next year again, I think. But yeah, we'll yeah. see. It's the air. I have like about three months of my life ahead of time planned. And after that, it gets a little murky. <laughs> I like it. That's fantastic. All right. Well, people want to know more about you. You have a ton of stuff out there, um, all, all kinds of things. But what, what's the best place to look for you online and, and connect with you? Yeah, good question. Um, I have like a link tree, which I give everybody the, the QR code and that and then you can kind of select your um, your whatever is your flavor from there. But mm-hmm. I guess I probably on social media most active on Instagram. Okay. I try to like post my stories on there and be like, here's what I'm up to. Um, I have an email list that I would super encourage folks to sign up for um, through my Bands in Town page. I don't know if that's a thing that people use, but I like have my tours, uh, my dates posted on Bands in Town. Okay. And you can also sign up to an email list. That way, um, we're not depending on the algorithm to let you know, uh, you know if I'm putting out an album or if I'm going on a tour. I can <laughs> just email you and let you know about it. Um, YouTube, I'm trying to, you know, try to, this year also is, is entailing me trying to like do all the things you're supposed to do and make content and stuff begrudgingly. I'm trying to keep up with that as much as I can. Uh, it's hard and I sometimes have to force it, but then sometimes I have some pretty cute, cute material to share. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, um, trying to balance it out, but yeah, so, um, my YouTube page has loads of stuff. A cool thing on YouTube I just did is when I released my new zine, <clears throat> I uh, recorded the whole live show and it was like a sort of half lecture going through the zine and then doing some poetry and some songs in it. So you can see that whole live performance on YouTube, which is kind of cool. Um, Spotify, I have all my music on there. Um, I also like curate playlists on Spotify if people are interested in that. 
I have a TikTok. I'm trying to figure out how to work. Um, if you are a young person who's good at TikTok and you want to manage my TikTok for me, please get a hold of me. <laughs> I don't know how it works. I know that that's where the kids are at these days, and um, mm. I, I I don't understand. So please help. Um, <laughs> I have I, I I'm not on Facebook too often, but it, but I post on there every now and again. Um, Bandcamp people can find like all the way back to that first album I was talking about that is like objectively bad, um, that all of that <laughs> material that I've ever made is on the average Joey band camp. Okay. I'd also encourage people to check out the fourth river music collective band camp. Mm-hmm. That's got, um, compilations from years before of like loads of amazing musicians and friends of mine. Um, some of which like their only recorded material is on the fourth river compilations. And I'm just like grateful that we got to capture some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Also we did, um, busking albums so like albums of um like those busking tunes that we would do which mm-hmm. is kind of a fun a fun project also recently put out an acapella songbook and uh so all the recordings and field recordings and contributions to that songbook are on the fourth river band camp and you can and all the lyrics are on there so you can like learn the songs yourself and then have your own little song circle sometimes around the fire or wherever you congregate um i also have a patreon five dollars a month and you get access to original exclusive original songs exclusive original poems i do those book reviews i was talking about earlier um i do a music blog which is actually free for everyone but it's through my patreon anyone can access it but um, it's like an autobiographical sort of half autobiography half music review so i'll tell Mm -hmm. kind of stories of my travels through musicians it's called bands you should love Mm. And it's, um, you know, like bands that maybe you haven't heard of, like Lost Dog Street Band is like a, a popular enough band that I probably wouldn't touch on that mm-hmm. band because like they're wide enough known that right, people right. probably have heard of that already. So bands that like, you know, live in at least relative obscurity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, maybe that's sort of relative, but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just like people who are my close friends whose music I really love. And then I can kind of tell stories about my travels and my journey uh, right. through these different bands. So that's a cool thing to check out. Uh, the Patreon is five bucks a month, which is like, you know, not too bad for all the cool stuff you get. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, you were right. I do have a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that about covers it. If yeah, people want to search up social media, is it average Joey? Is yeah. That the, okay. Average Joey is like, generally you can find me. There's like a comedian on YouTube who also goes by that. And the algorithm has like, merged our you know i'm trying to like reach out like dear youtube i'm a different person than this person right. and whatever but um yeah average joey so on instagram i think it's average joey zero okay. and if you go to the instagram that's where i'm like most social media active and then like in the bio is the link to the link tree where you can find all the other things yeah also follow on spotify it's for it doesn't cost nothing and it like totally helps uh, and every time i put something out you'll know about it so yeah yeah Absolutely. All right. Well, I had a great time uh, watching last night. It was a great show. Yeah, and, it was fun. Uh, I had a great time uh, chatting with you this morning. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much for having and, me. Uh, yeah, we wish you the best of luck out there. I, I, I really think you got a unique thing going. It's, it's cool. And um, I love this kind of fusing of, of punk and folk culture. I, I, I love that stuff. So I'm, I'm glad there's people like you out there doing it. Um, the world needs more of that. So. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this. Leave a rating and tell a friend. Also, big thanks to Charlie Marks for providing the music for the show. Until next time, everybody. Have a good one.